Welcome to the We Are Here for Good podcast. I'm Pastor Jen Fite from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in the heart of beautiful Howard, Wisconsin. And we remember that as the body of Christ, we are here for good and we are better together. Good Shepherd is in the midst of a 12-week worship series, Unraveled, Seeking God When Our Plans Fall Apart. In our reading this week, we hear the story of Saul's conversion to Paul. And a change in his name is only beginning for the changes that God has in store for him. Today, our Bible study is focusing on our central reading for this coming Sunday's worship from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 20. The book of Acts is a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. And the thesis of Acts is spoken by Jesus in the first chapter, just before his ascension into heaven. Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Acts, the followers of Jesus are given the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and then they are commissioned to go and to witness. They are to testify to what they have personally seen and experienced. They are to name where they have seen God at work in the world and in their lives. And we continue to live in the age of Acts. Our job as the church still today is to witness to the acts of the Holy Spirit that we experience each and every day. You don't need to be a star witness, but each and every one of us is called to take the stand. And so the Holy Spirit shows up on the day of Pentecost and the number of followers of Jesus grows and grows. So much so that the Jewish leaders the Pharisees and the scribes, they're forced to pay attention because many of the first followers of Jesus are Jewish people and they see that this Jesus movement is a corruption of the true faith of Israel. And Saul, who we will meet in our reading today, Saul was a Pharisee who lived to persecute the followers of Jesus. It is what Saul believes he is called by God to do, to squash this terrible movement within Judaism and to destroy its leaders. And Saul is quite zealous about it. He is there when Stephen, a deacon of the church, becomes the first martyr of the faith. As we read this story, I invite you to think about what it would be like to be Saul and to find out that all that you had been doing and everything that you believed in was not the way that God intended for you. And think too, what would it be like to be Ananias? Would you be willing to go to Saul and to heal him after all that he has done? And what does this story tell us about God's grace and the limits to which God is willing to go for the sake of his people, for the sake of all people. A reading from Acts, chapter 9, from the Message Translation. 
At this time, Saul was breathing down the necks of the master's disciples, out for the kill. He went to the chief priest and got arrest warrants to take to the meeting places in Damascus, so that if he found anyone there belonging to the way, whether men or women, he could arrest them and bring them to Jerusalem. Saul set off. When he got to the outskirts of Damascus, he was suddenly dazed by a blinding flash of light. As he fell to the ground, he heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? Saul said, who are you, master? I am Jesus, the one you're hunting down. I want you to get up and enter the city. In the city, you'll be told what to do next. Saul's companions stood there dumbstruck. They could hear the sound but couldn't see anyone, while Saul, picking himself up off the ground, found himself stone blind. They had to take him by the hand to lead him into Damascus. He continued blind for three days. He ate nothing, drank nothing. There was a disciple in Damascus by the name of Ananias. The master spoke to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, master, he answered. Get up and go over to Straight Avenue. Ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus. His name is Saul. He's there praying. He has just had a dream in which he saw a man named Ananias enter the house and lay hands on him so he could see again. Ananias protested, Master, you can't be serious. Everyone's talking about this man and the terrible things he's been doing, his reign of terror against your people in Jerusalem. And now he's shown up here with papers from the chief priest that give him license to do the same to us. But the master said, Don't argue. Go. I have picked him as my personal representative to non-Jews and kings and Jews, and now I am about to show him what he's in for, the hard suffering that goes with this job. So Ananias went and found the house, placed his hands on blind Saul and said, Brother Saul, the master sent me, the same Jesus you saw on your way here. He sent me so you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got to his feet, was baptized, and sat down with them to a hearty meal. Saul spent a few days getting acquainted with the Damascus disciples but then went right to work, wasting no time preaching in the meeting places that this Jesus was the Son of God. It was blasphemy for anyone to claim to be God. In the Jewish faith, there is only one God. As the Shema in Deuteronomy 6 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. So the idea of Jesus being the Son of God and the concept of the Holy Trinity, they're just a no-go in the Jewish faith. 
And Saul, bless his heart, is going to destroy every cell of these followers of Jesus. If it's the last thing that he does. Saul was out for the kill and he has warrants from the chief priest to bring an end to this Jesus movement by any means necessary. And we hear that Saul is on his way to Damascus, which is in modern day Syria. And we see how much the way of Jesus has already spread. It's already beyond Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And we're starting to move to the ends of the earth. And Saul, who was so intent on destroying the followers of Jesus, Saul is knocked off course. All of his best laid plans start to unravel. I love the work of the author Flannery O'Connor. And she says of Saul, I reckon the Lord knew that the only way to make a Christian out of that one was to knock him off his horse. Sometimes, my brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes Jesus needs to knock us off our horses. Sometimes we get so caught up in what is right and what is wrong that we take our eyes off of Jesus and we get off track. And when we do, Jesus will find a way to get our attention. And Jesus surely got Saul's attention. But Saul is not the only one who gets a visit from Jesus in this story. Jesus goes to Ananias, one of his followers in Damascus. Jesus goes to Ananias in a vision, and Jesus tells him to go and to heal Saul. I love the message's translation of Ananias' response. Master, you can't be serious. And then Jesus says back, don't argue. And how many of our conversations with Jesus are just like this? You want me to do what, Jesus? You can't be serious. And Jesus just sits back and says, don't argue with me. For the record, I still haven't learned. I still argue all the time. But Jesus has these great plans for Saul. And no matter if Saul objects or Ananias objects or anyone else who is one of his followers, Jesus intends for Saul to be the one who will continue the mission that he first outlined on the day of his ascension. Saul will take Jesus' message to the ends of the earth. Saul will join the mission and ministry of the first followers of Jesus. And now Jesus will use the tenacity of Saul to his advantage. Jesus will use Saul's drive and ambition and tirelessness to spread his good news to the non-Jewish populations of the Roman Empire. And the one who is filled with such judgment and such hate will now spread the good news of love and grace. We hear Saul spent a few days getting acquainted with the Damascus disciples, but then went right to work, wasting no time, preaching in the meeting places that this Jesus was the Son of God. 
as you continue to reflect on this reading from Acts, when have you seen the faithful get sidetracked on a mission that wasn't from God? When have we gotten off track? And how has Jesus called us back to preaching his good news of grace? And wonder with me, who do you think was changed more in this story? Saul or Ananias? What does it mean for Christians today to forgive those who have hurt us, those who have hurt us deeply, and to extend a hand of healing? As we hold these questions in our hearts, let us pray. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Sometimes we get off track. Sometimes we try to blaze ahead without you. When we lose sight of you, knock us off of our horses. Get our attention. Call us back to you. And in all things, never let us forget your amazing grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessings, my brothers and sisters in Christ.